0: John in chapter 3, and this text is a text that encourages and inspires my heart, and uh, I hope it'll be an inspiration and encouragement and also a challenge to each of us this morning that we might come to the light. John chapter 3. Such a well-known passage in our Bibles. And I want to pause for a moment and just tell you children, you guys are awesome. We love each of you. And we're glad you're in church. Now, after church today, pastor's going to have animal balloons that he's going to have right here for all those children who have been enjoying church together. And if you, in your seat there, can try to maybe remember a little something from the message. And afterwards, uh, you can come up here, and I'll make you an animal balloon. You can have whatever animal balloon you want, okay? So, uh, and you get to pick your own color. I've got lots of colors. Uh, I need to turn to the right place. Uh, I've got lots of colors up here, and we are... Looking forward to this day and worshiping together in the Lord's house. Uh, I was with a pastor, uh, Pastor Darren Persons, down at Old Liberty Baptist. Uh, We were there, I believe it was Friday night, and uh, went to a little, had a little fall festival type of thing. And they had a little uh, lawnmower pulling these little barrels around in the yard for the children, just all these fun Things And the girls went and had a had a blast over there. And I got some great ideas from this brother. And one of those ideas was, look, he has a church, probably about 75 people in his church. And um, they have a great idea with the children. It's something that's a foreign concept. But all their children, all the ages sit in church together. And uh, they've been doing that. For several years, ever since he became the pastor, they got rid of the nursery, and they they have what they have, a little room for the mothers when a child needs a little attention, as, as the little ones do, and they have a little room for them, but they encourage the children to be in church, and uh, we like having children in church, I'd rather have... a a few noisy children in church, okay, uh, than to have empty pews, all right? And I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad for every child in the house of God. And so I think this is going to be an exciting time. We're going to get some things for the children uh, in light of all of that, and it's going to be something... That looks like electronic, but it's not electronic. And, uh, and you know those little scribble boards that we used to have, little chalkboards? It's the same idea, except for it's uh, a little electronic version of it, but it, it's not actually, it's just that little battery in it, okay? It's the same It's like a magnetic board, and it's an excellent little thing. We're going to get those for the children, uh, to have a little thing that they can do, and it will help them. It's not an actual uh, Video game or electronic—it's something they can draw the message on, and it will be—it will be great for the children. Something fun, something different, something exciting that the parents can use if they would like. And I would—I believe God's going to send more and more families to our church with kids. And uh, in this—in this day, in this hour, by the way, all the age segregation classes—you don't find that in the Bible, okay? Uh, that came from evolution, all right. And we just started following the ideas of the world. And so we want to try to implement the whole thing together, and we're going to seek to do this. Um, Pray for us as we seek to work together in this area. Uh, John 3, if you would join me, in verse 16. John 3, in verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth the truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. I believe that the timing of this message uh, is very applicable to our generation, to where we're living right now today. And by the way, I chose this sermon text before November 3rd. Um, <laughs> the Bible says here in this text, verse 19, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved, he says, Darkness rather than light, because what? Their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil, what does he say? Hateth the light. Hateth the light. Neither, he says, cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. There were celebrations that happened this week, my friend, but those celebrations were celebrations of sin. Celebrations of sin. The Bible says, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Now, as a child of God, living in the Word of God, we continually need to have our life reproved by the Word of God. Speaking with a gentleman just yesterday, and uh, he was—he he, we was—I was out on his farm. He has a large—he's a property there, and this gentleman is uh, unchurched. Uh, grew up in a in a Christian family, and we had a very good conversation uh, about things. And he said to me, he said, "You know," he said, he you know, I was a pastor, and he, he had a—we had a great group of great spiritual conversations this week. And he said to me, he said, "You know," I find he said, people just kind of go around and they're looking for a church, and they just keep going from church to church. And the reason they go to the next one, he said, is because they didn't like what the preacher said at the other one. And he said they never go and check out what the Bible says. I'm like, man, you nailed it right there. And it's amazing. Uh, He nailed it. He said said they're going to go to another one. They're going to go find somebody that believes like they believe. And my friend, the, the truth is that when we come to the word of God, we must seek to find out what God believes, not what we believe. Jesus' invitation in this passage is, come to the light. It's the title of the message this morning, come to the light. Today there's tolerance for everything except pure light. Everything except pure light. It's okay to have some of Jesus. It's okay to do your own thing, but don't get all of Jesus. You can do your Jesus thing. Just don't get born again and start living a life that's clean and pure. Uh, Don't leave behind these things that you know don't please God. See, when we get all of Jesus, darkness must flee. And I believe we fear change. So instead of receiving all the light, our poor hearts are afraid of what might happen if we receive all the light. And you know, it doesn't take much darkness to cloud out the light. Doesn't take much darkness to cloud out the light. This morning, I'd like us to look in two areas in this passage. First, the infection of darkness. The infection of darkness, verse 19, clearly states it. This is the, he says, condemnation. Condemnation. That light has come into the world, and men, he says, love darkness rather than light. The infection of darkness, he says, men like the darkness rather than the light. And in John 3, verse 17, the Bible says, God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He didn't send him to condemn, but he does say this is the condemnation. He says, I came to redeem you, but you're condemned if you reject me so he says, I came to bring you light, but if you reject the light and shut off the light, he says, you're condemned automatically. You say, why? Because of rejecting the light, the infection of darkness. I heard of a woman who took her husband to the doctor. She went in there for a checkup. The doctor said afterwards, "Uh, ma'am, your husband is suffering from a very serious infection. Now, the husband was very hard of hearing. And so he, he said to his wife, what did he say, dear? The doctor goes on. Uh, The doctor says, uh, there's hope. You just need to reduce his stress. So each morning you ought to give him a healthy breakfast. Be pleasant, be nice, be kind. For lunch and dinner, make him his favorite meals. Don't discuss your problems with him. It will only make him stress out worse. Don't yell or argue with him. And most importantly, just cater to his every whim. If you can do this for your husband for about six months to a year, uh, I think your husband will have a complete recovery. The husband said to his wife, "Now, after all is done, what did he say? What did he say?" She replied, "He says you're going to (laughs) die." I guess some infections are worse than others. And see, we we tend to avoid what we know could solve a problem, don't we? Uh, We tend to uh, have our own opinion of the light. And my friend, when we look at the Word of God, we must see what. Jesus says, Romans 5, verse 12, I'll quote you the verse. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. The infection of darkness goes to every single man. And that's the problem today. Uh, We want light without acknowledging there's darkness in the life. All right? The motivation for why we want something is vitally important. As by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world. And he says, death by sin. Let me ask you this question this morning. How can we tolerate tolerate sin when our Savior died to free us from the curse of sin? How can we tolerate sin? We live in a world of tolerance, right? Well, I just tolerate everything. But you can only tolerate it so far before, before like the legislation that just went into effect in several states... Now they're going to teach certain lifestyles and behaviors to kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. Like they need to have their mind filled with all that nonsense, all right? Um, At a young age. Darkness, the infection of darkness. 60% of the population supposedly voted for that in these states. Sad, sad case. How can we teach tolerance of sin when he died to free us from sin? The infection of darkness is great. Men love darkness, he says, rather than light. We all have a choice. Accept the darkness or run to the light. The infection of darkness runs very, very deep. Even a child of the king can have covered sin. Even a born-again child of God can have covered sin. What does David say? Blessed is the man whose sin is uncovered, okay? And uh, so he, he says, you know what, it's great when God opens it up and you can see God lets the light shine in and gleans out the mess. Just like your basement, right? And everybody, everybody here have a basement? Most of us have basements. And what happens in those basements? You get cobwebs in the cellar, in the crawl space. Cobwebs It's a nasty place. The snakes live there. The scorpions live there. All kinds of varmints live there. The mice live there out here. And... Uh, it's a place you don't want to hang out. We wouldn't say, you know what, I'm going to go put my bed down in the basement with all that mold and mildew, if it's, if it's a filthy place like that. We wouldn't say, I want to sleep there. I want to spend time there. I'm going to go put my TV down there, and I'm going to, I'm going to just hang out and have fun down there. I'm going to put my video games down there and just hang out in a place that's filled with spiders that are going to bite me. Okay, uh, Nobody would want to hang out in a filthy, dirty place, but that's the same way when we allow little things in our life that go unchecked, we're allowing the darkness to come in. He says the condemnation is that Christ came into the world, brought light. Okay, He is the light. Many says love darkness rather than light because their deeds, he says, were evil. Who hated Jesus the most? Who hated Jesus the most? It was the religious people. The people who... ...knew the faith, the people who knew the law... ...they hated Jesus, but the sinners came to Him. The people who didn't have all the religion... ...they came to Christ... ...but the religious Pharisees hated His guts. Why? Because they were walking in darkness. They found a way to explain away their actions. We all have a choice. And rejecting the truth we know leads us to deeper infection. Think of photos... You know those little little cameras we used to have? Those little wind-up cameras? Remember those little things? You buy them at Walmart, okay? They were made in China land. And those little things, you could little crank those little wheels and you could take all the little pictures, you know? And then you had to take them and have them developed. It was filled with negatives. It was filled with dark images. If you've ever tried to... Look at your photo negatives, right? You might have some old photo negatives at your house. And you look at those things, you can make out some of what's there, but it is dark. And in our lives, there is darkness, all right? Darkness naturally comes in. And God has a way of taking our negatives and making them into a beautiful picture of grace, but we must let the light of God's word come in. We must let our let go of our darkness and let the development center of God's grace Uh, turn around our life. We have to take our film to the filmmaker and let him transform our life. And too often, we've got the negative right here and we're not willing to take it and let the Lord do the work in our heart so that he can do the process, so that he can produce the grace, so that the light can shine in and he can make us into a beautiful picture. See, the darkness runs deep and it just got a mile deeper this week. And there is hope. We've seen the infection of darkness, but now this morning let us consider the encouragement of the light. The infection of darkness is great, but there is great encouragement in the light. Verse 21, he that doeth truth cometh to the light, he says, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Jesus says when you do the truth, you're going to come to the light and you're going to let the light shine in. It's just like the x-ray, you have to go get an x-ray to show you what's up. Alright? Uh, when you want to find out about those bones that are broken, you must go and let the light of the x-ray examine your life. And we have to come to the light. There is great encouragement in the life. In the light. And the light brings life. We need encouragement today. And that encouragement is only found in Christ. Jesus says, this is a red letter. If you notice in your Bible, the red letter's right here. He that doeth the truth cometh to the light that is deeds. His actions, his words, his attitude, his everyday lifestyle may be made, he says, manifest. Just like if you came into a court case and all the papers about everything involving the court case are brought out and they examine every paper. The Lord says, I want you to let your life come out and let God examine our life. Let the light shine in and let God point out the details in the documents. Let God show us where we need light to be shined. Come to the light to shining for thee. Sweet that the light has dawned upon me. Once I was lost, but now I can see the light of the world is Jesus. John 1.9 says, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. See, darkness isn't a fun place to live, but walking in the light is the most refreshing place to be. Darkness is not a fun place to live. You might be this week slightly discouraged about some things of darkness. My friend, there is great encouragement in the light because you know what? If somebody's walking in darkness, they might be looking great on the outside, but it's miserable on the inside. And we might be able to say everything's good, but inside the heart's rotten out and we know it. Darkness is a very difficult place to live. In darkness. There was a young man named Edward Griffin. He was born in 1770 to a farmer. He went to the University of Yale with plans of studying for the ministry. And as he entered his senior year, he realized that he had not yet been converted. And so out of fear of he didn't want to enter into the ministry not being converted, and he also didn't want to get converted, he changed his major. And he became a lawyer. He finished studying law. And in July, 20, uh, in July of 1791, at the age of 21, he got sick. He got very sick. And in this sickness, as he laid on his bed, thoughts of eternity began to flood his mind. After three months of laying there on his bed, thinking of thoughts of eternity, God kept bringing the word of God to his mind. He finally turned and put his faith in Christ on the bed. And God worked in his life, and he went to church. He went to church, and one Sunday when he came back from church, the question played over and over in his mind, Why should you not be a minister? He prayed earnestly that day. He went up to his room, and thoughts kept pouring over his mind, and he kept asking himself this question, uh, in, of, ...of why should you not be a minister? As he prayed, and as he got out his Bible... ...and sought God, and earnestly sought God within 45 minutes... ...God confirmed to his heart as he read over the word... ...and saw that, that the lost are on their way to hell... ...and that somebody needs to tell them. And he got so burdened about it, so stirred up about it... ...that he surrendered to preach... And preach he did after training under Jonathan Edwards, Jr., he pastored a series of churches. God's blessing on him was so great that his ministry was filled with revival. Souls were converted to the kingdom. And his passion for souls continued even as he was dying. To his grandchildren and to his servants he gave a parting challenge as he was on his deathbed. To his grandsons he said, you must give your heart to the Savior, don't put it off another hour. To his granddaughter he pleaded, give your heart to the Savior Well, you are young. November 8th, today of 1837, Griffin was called to glory. He graduated in the kingdom of God. But I believe his life is a legacy of seeking to win people for Christ. See, God wants to use our life to bring encouragement and light into somebody else's life. And if you don't know Christ, He wants you to come in and get the light in first, okay? Get charged up with the light. He that doeth the truth cometh to the light, cometh to the light. Look in Acts 19 and let us see what happens in Acts 19. Paul is there. It's a great place, a great passage in Acts 19. I was reading in my devotions this morning and came across this passage and felt it Tied in so well with the message, I wanted to share it with you. The Bible says Acts nineteen and verse eleven, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that his body, from his body, were brought unto the sick, handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Man, imagine that—he's healing people. It's exciting. The Bible tells us that there were some Jews, some exorcists, so men involved with demon activity. They tried to uh, get the same spirit. Okay, And uh, it says in verse uh, 17, and this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus. And fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. See the encouragement of the light. And many believed that believed came. And what happened? They came to the light. It says, and, what's the next word? Confessed. confessed. And showed their deeds. See John 3? He that cometh to the light brings his deeds, his actions, so they can be examined and manifest. Okay, These people, in the book of Acts, they believed, and the very next thing after believing was they confessed... And they showed their deeds. So they brought in the things that they had been doing that were sinful and got them to the light. Many of them also which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So they had spent a lot of money on sinful things. They burned all this stuff up instead of selling it to somebody else. And it says in verse 20... So mightily grew the word of God and, look at the next word, prevailed. The word of God grew. It expanded. There was encouragement because of the light. The light came in and, man, the darkness was manifest. They burned this stuff up. That's why in our churches throughout the years, we've sometimes had burn days, okay? And it wasn't to burn the brush, is to burn all the sinful trash that we had from our life that we need to get rid of. And I remember as a child, there were some things that were given to my family that were uh, really not good things. And they were uh, wooden carved things that had been dedicated to idols. And we have some relatives involved in witchcraft. And they gave those things to us. And I remember my parents stuck them in the attic for a little while. And then finally they said, you know what? We're going to burn that stuff. All right, It was dedicated to an idol. It's, it's involved with idolatry. You say it's just a piece of wood, but yes, it was dedicated to something, and it was, it was involved in something. We don't want that in our home. We're going to burn it up, all right? Um, and by the way, a lot of music has, has sinful things in it. If you play the record backwards, there's sinful things embedded in a lot of this music and a lot of the influence from the world. It's, it's throughout our culture, okay? The infection of darkness runs deep, And we must let the light of the glorious gospel come in. Come in. The word of God grew. The word of God prevailed. Why? Because they cleaned house. You wonder why in America we don't have a revival. I believe a great part of it is because we get converted by professing faith in Christ. But there's no cleanup that happens. All right? Cleanup doesn't happen on aisle three. Cleanup doesn't, there's no cleanup. And it's just, well, I'm gonna, God loves me, He'll tolerate all my behaviors, all my sins. Yes, I love how the Bible says David got in sin but got it right. I love how the Bible tells us Abraham got in sin and got it right. I love how the Bible tells us Noah got in sin and got it right. And they, these men confessed, and these men got things clean, these men got things right. And the Bible tells us the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it tells us how the light shined in. The word of God prevails when personal darkness is confessed. Look, right now we can be focusing on a lot of other darkness around us, okay? There's a lot of darkness we can be looking at. And I think we get so distracted by the darkness around us that we forget that there's darkness within us. And God wants to move within us. But there's so much darkness around us that we are looking at the waves instead of looking at Jesus and saying, Lord, I want to be clean so you can use me. Lord, I want to be clean so you can fill me. I want to receive the encouragement of the light. See, too often we do not want to clean up the one area. We do not want to confess the one thing. And I believe God may send us into one of the greatest financial crises in our nation. Simply. Because our nation has rejected the light. I don't like to think of it. I don't like to think of the suffering my children are going to have to experience. But my friend, the Bible says all that live godly shall suffer persecution. You read the very book of Acts. You read of Jesus through the Gospels. I mean, they drag him around and persecute him. He's the son of God, okay? And we expect somehow that we're going to be able to have a gravy train life and a free ride through life, and the economy is going to be great, everything's going to be great. I think God is going to send some things to help the people, to help us to come clean and come to the light. I pray it does not take that, but I believe it will take that. Uh, I believe God wants to bring more light into our community, into our lives, and it's going to happen when we do this. Many that believed came and confessed, and showed their deeds. It's said that revival happens when the most spiritual start confessing their sins. Now church, you know what? I taught people on Wednesday night. And by the way, I'm so thankful for all those who come on Wednesday night. And I taught them on something that you, you'll say, what did you teach them on, Pastor? I taught them on Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaken the assembling of yourselves together. You see, but they were assembled. They are. They are. And I'm very, very thankful that they're assembled. You say, well, you're preaching to the choir. I was preaching to the choir. But I preached to the choir about the second part of that passage, which says, exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And by the way, selfishness is when all I think about is, well, somebody's got to say hi to me, okay? Somebody's got to encourage me instead of me saying, I'm going to be a minister or somebody else. I'm going I'm to minister and encourage and build into others. And I wish everybody could hear that message. If you didn't watch it, if you weren't here, go ahead and listen to that. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a challenge and an encouragement to help each of us stay In the fellowship of believers and encourage and exhort one another because that's what's missing, okay? The building up, the learning of each other's personality traits, the learning of what encourages others. By the way, some people in this room, well, I digress from this for just a moment. Some people need acts of service, okay? Some people need words of affirmation. Some people need uh, deeds of, of kindness, okay? That's the way in which they feel loved. And it would behoove us as the children of God to try to consider those around us and say, I wonder what that person needs. And uh, my wife and I sit down and we, we think we pinned it down for almost everybody, what they need. And we said, well, now this is something we can work on with so-and-so. This is something we can work in with so-and-so. By the way, you know what? Your, de- your, your natural love language, the way in which you share love with others, uh, usually manifests what you need. And so often somebody that maybe gives gifts, That's what would encourage them the most. Often somebody who gives words of encouragement, what would encourage them the most is a word of encouragement. Often somebody who just um, is, is, is so gracious and kind and thoughtful, what would encourage them the most is if we were gracious and kind and thoughtful to them. And we need to consider and think of one another as we're in the light to encourage one another in the light. This morning we see in our text... How the light, when we come to the light, the deeds are manifest. And you know what? The Lord helps us to do the truth. He that doeth the truth cometh to the light. He says that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. I love that. He says that you come, you're going to get your life cleaned up. We're going to get everything in our life examined by the word of God. We're going to let the Lord come in and let the Lord show us what areas need to be examined. And Lord, would you examine everything in my life because I want my deeds to be wrought in God. I want the Lord's stamp of approval on every area of my life. Every single action, every single word, every single deed. That's the way that I desire to live. I have a lot to grow in. I pray that each of us would desire, Lord, help me come to the light. Lord, help me come to the light. Because look, we can know the truth of John 3.16, that God sent His Son to die for us. But my friend, that is the powerful truth of the gospel. And He wants us to then live out the next few verses, that we receive the gospel, and then the gospel enables us to stay in the light. To avoid the darkness, to, to, to flee from the darkness and run to the light. I invite you this morning, come to the light. If you have been saved for years, I invite you come back to the light. Because my friend, uh, the light is a beautiful, encouraging, refreshing place to live. The darkness is a sad place to live. If you've never called on the name of the Lord, today is the day to call upon His name. Why delay? Why delay? God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. He sent His Son into the world to save and to redeem the world. John John, uh, 19 tells us in verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to redeem us. He came to save us. And often we're trying to live and trying to have a life that pleases God without the power of God, without the light of His Word in our life, without the Holy Spirit. And it's impossible to live the Christian life without God. It's impossible to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. I call, I call to you today, if you have never trusted in Christ, it's today's the day of salvation. The darkness is so great. The infection runs so deep. Why not come to the well of forgiveness today and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? I love that song. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Has there been a time and a place where you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb? And now, as a Christian, has there been a time and a place where where you've come back to the blood of the Lamb and said, Lord, there's are some areas, I confess them. I'm going to get my dirty deeds out, Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to confess, Lord, I've been, I've been doing this and that to displease you. Lord, maybe I've been forsaken the assembling. Whatever it is, Lord, help me. I want to walk in the light. I want to walk in the light. Those of us who have professed faith in Christ, may I remind you your light may become dim. Past encounters with God do not, declare, do not guarantee present victory. Past encounters with God. Don't uh, guarantee present victory. Example, Moses. He meets with God in the wilderness at a burning bush. He has an encounter with God. He sees God at the burning bush. What's he do next? I don't know if you really could use me, God. Uh, I know you called me, but I don't... He leads the people of God through the, in the wilderness. and God says, don't strike the rock the second time. Out of anger, he does. Ye rebels, and he strikes the rock. And God says, you can't go in the promised land now. You were supposed to speak to the rock. See, Moses had a great time of victory in his life, but he also had times of defeat as a child of God. And he had to suffer because of that. He was not able to see the promised land that his children and grandchildren could see, that his relatives could see. He couldn't go into the promised land because of his sin. Can you imagine having to put up with millions of people that hated your guts and then not being able to go to the very promised land that God had had, had revealed to you? I mean, difficult, difficult thing. Uh, the people drove him to a point, but you know what? God says you're responsible for your own actions. And you know what? Today, uh, past encounters with God... All because we had a burning bush experience does not guarantee that right now we're walking in the light. Matthew 6, 23 says, But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. If thine eye, Jesus says, is evil. Our eye can become evil. He says, if our eye becomes evil, that means now our viewpoint is tainted. It's corrupted. He says, the whole body becomes now full of darkness. Just because of the eye? It's a very serious thought. Then he says, therefore, if the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Would you ask the Lord to show you the beam in your eye today? Lord, would you show me the area of darkness? If we'll be honest, we all have something. Even if it's confessing to the Lord, Lord, I haven't prayed for so-and-so today. Okay? Uh, let's have that kind of transparency before God. Lord, uh, Lord, I haven't been in your word today. What? I wasn't in it yesterday. Whatever it is, the Lord shows you. You say, well, that's just something little. Uh, Lord, I spent more time talking about things than praying about things. I mean, just confess the sin, all right? And if you've never come to the light, today's the time to come to the light because Jesus says in this passage, you can't serve two masters. In the very next verse and in this whole context in Matthew 6, he is speaking of two masters that you can serve. One master he describes is money. The other master is God. And you can't serve, he says, both. You can't serve God and mammon, he says, so the context here is that a Christian, the purpose for why we work, is very important to God. The purpose for why we work. He describes in this passage that some uh, are laying up treasure in heaven, other are laying up treasure on the earth. And let your, where your treasure is, your heart will be. And Let us ask God, Lord, help me to let the light of the gospel come through my life in such a great way that others would see and be encouraged because of Christ in me, the hope of glory. And that he might shine forth. And today if you find that there's some area of darkness, you're not alone. You're not alone. I regularly, on a daily basis, have to confess to God areas of darkness in my life. You say, what what kind of areas of darkness? My friend, a thought that didn't please him. Okay? Uh, Whatever area it is, we need to confess it. Lord, I'm going to take these thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. We've been commanded to do it. As a Christian, we ought to do it. And I invite you today, come to the light. Let's bow for prayer. We'll stand together and respond to the Lord. Let's bow for prayer right now. and With our hearts tender to the Holy Spirit of God, would you ask Him right now, would you say, Lord, examine my heart. Lord, let your light shine in. Would you say that to the Lord right now? Lord, let your light shine in. Lord, let your light shine into my heart. And would you ask Him to show you that thing that you're struggling with, that thing that every time you hear about it, you know you should do it, but you say, I don't want to do it because I can't. Whatever it is, would you let the Lord shine His light into the area in your life, in my life? Let's let the Lord shine His light in right now. Maybe you're here and you have never yet trusted in Christ as your Savior today. could be the greatest day in your life where you come and you put your faith in Jesus who died for your sins and was buried and rose again the third day. And where you come and you say, I trust in Jesus alone today, I'm not just going to continue to live a a religious life. I'm going to have a relationship with Christ. I'm going to put my faith in him. If you've never put your faith in Christ, today is the day to put your faith in Christ. But if you have put your faith in Christ, today is the day to renew your relationship. And ask the Lord, Lord, let the light shine in. Show me, show me, show me. And let me have a pure heart, a clean heart before you. As we are here before the Lord, let us take a moment and let him respond. uh, Let him reveal to us what's going on in our hearts. Lord, take your word right now. and Lord. As we've asked you to examine our hearts. Pray it help us to just be honest before you. And Lord, just to be willing to admit, Lord, we got some areas that need the light. Uh, the truth is, Lord, uh, you said in 1 John, he that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So we've all got some area that needs to come to the light. And I pray that you would help us this morning to take that area and let the light of the gospel shine into it right now. Let the light of God's word shine in. Maybe you're here with me, and you just say with me, Pastor, uh, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. There's just an area the Lord's showing me, a little bit of darkness. I need to get it taken care of, whatever it might be. The Lord's speaking to you about some little area of darkness. You'd say it's just a little one. It might be a big one, but you'd say, you know what? I'll be willing to admit it's a little one. And maybe you slip your hand right up and right back down. Lord, show me that area of light, that area of darkness that needs some help. Amen, amen. Anyone else? Lord, show me that area. Amen. And then maybe you're here today, and you've never yet trusted in Christ. And, and you've never called upon the Lord, and you're still living in darkness. There's no desire for God in the life. It's dark. It's a dark, dark place. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if, if that is you, and you're not sure you're in the light, and today you would like me to remember you in prayer, I will not call your name out, but I will pray for you. And if that is you, and you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Would you slip your hand right up and right back down? God sees your heart. Right up and right back down. I don't know if I'm saved. Let us right now take a moment as the piano plays 213 in the songbook and let us respond to the Lord. I invite you, uh, whether you come forward or whether you pray in your seat, take a moment to respond to the Lord. Let us let the light of his word come into our life this morning. The altar is open. Let's do business with God this morning.